I'm Brad. And I'm Chris. Hey, Brad, what was esports as fuck this week? year uh the explosion of battle royale games all right and how it's had quite an audience the whole are they trying to make them esports from the get-go sure. sort of argument rears its head as well as you know how many people are actually playing these games how much of a money sink are all of these games actually becoming all right the the answer to those questions is a lot Fortnite is bigger than PUBG, which if you remember last year, PUBG was a huge game. They got a lot of press from being an early access title, whatever that means anymore, and having millions of players. Now Fortnite is bigger than that. And of course, there were the other games that sort of died along the way. It's tremendous that these games, you know, haven't had more esports sort of coverage because I think... I wonder if this is a good opportunity to talk about forcing esports into games because there's a lot of that feeling that's going on. Like some of it is really cool. Like if you remember TwitchCon this past year, they had a big, huge H1Z1 thing where they had like 100 plus people in one match and it was extremely elaborate. You know, everyone was in the same room playing the game. Yep. And they had all these spectator, you know, cameras going around and it was, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in these games. And on top of that, there's how random these games are mm -hmm. and how luck based they seem to be more than actual based on skill. Although, you know, pointing and clicking is always going to be as difficult as it's going to be. But sometimes it's all about where you start. I think, you know, competitively with these battle royale games, I feel like poker is almost an apt comparison because there's a lot of luck involved in poker like in hold'em poker if you don't get the cards you don't get the cards to an extent right doesn't matter how skilled a player you are though if it were all just luck if it were all just rng then you wouldn't see the same faces constantly showing up at final tables you wouldn't see the same people constantly contending to take tournaments i kind of see it like that in that there is definitely a larger degree of rng than say Counter-Strike, where most of the randomness is is down to, like, spray patterns and aim punches and, and just recoil factor, right? Right. Um, that, that's, that's pretty much it, where you have that in, in, in these Battle Royale games, but you also have the, just the, you know, how many people are landing in the same area as you? <laughs> um, what were the loot tables? And, you know, did that D20 roll in your favor or not? There's a lot of information in poker that you can assume and that informs your play. Whereas in these battle royale games, you sort of have to go in with the worst case scenario the mm -hmm. whole time. And you sort of, mm -hmm. I guess you adjust your play based on what you end up looking into. You know, did you spawn into an area with not a lot of people? Well, that's great. Maybe there's a good chance for you to actually snag an item. Or if there's a lot of people there, you know, uh, I have to find a good item quick and then actually really think about, I need to clear these immediate people out or whatever your strategy is going to be for combat because you have to switch into that pretty fast. You still have to hit the shots too, like yeah. as evidenced by my gameplay. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I could... I can be, I can play around a PUBG. I can be totally geared up. I can have, I can have a level three vest. I can have a scar. And I, I could just totally get my ass kicked um, because I'll, I'll take a stupid engagement or I'll miss shots. And then you can, you can just watch a guy like Shroud just like, oh my God, dominates server after server, game after game. 
uh, and it's practically untouchable, right? Some of these streamers with their shots is just absolutely ridiculous. Like I watch, I watch Summit play Fortnite sometimes, and you know, you just see him lead in the right way, and it's almost like it's like one hundred percent predictable. There's like no cone fire on these rifles at all. You know where that person's going to go because you're. You have that sort of intelligence about the game. Yeah, I still don't have a good feel for judging like distance, judging like strafe shots and distance, and uh, I'm just I'm not good at any of that shit. But uh, you know, I, I just take some time to to get down to it. But I guess you know what I'm saying is like, yeah, there's there's a lot of skill, but it's it's not all random. I think what what's interesting, you know, coming down to the pipe is this kind of smaller, the smaller like four by four K map that PUBG is working on. Mm -hmm. That's a space that's like what, like twenty percent of the of the normal map or twenty five percent of the of the regular maps. That's something about like right. that. Yeah. So it's 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 highly condensed. I don't think you can drop a hundred people onto that space and, and like still have a, a really good time or have like an experience that feels like PUBG, you know, like it, that produces that same thing because it would just be like it just be fucking chaos the whole time or like some people play and they just like drop chinky every game their only purpose is to just like get three kills in the first three minutes or die yeah they're farming they're farming those tokens for currency so they can get the cool skins sure. and sell them on the steam market i mean i know i know how that grind that's is that's cool and everything but like you know you drop 100 people on a map that size it's not going to work but what what i think might be the play there is still have that still have the battle royale format but with a smaller number of people on a smaller area of a map that says more esportsy to me than these kind of like 100 man every game um tournaments the, the, those things i mean they make for interesting spectacles like at large trade shows and things like that but as a sustainable esport that can like support a circuit of events that you know from from year to year and just the logistics involved in top flight counter-strike matches like uh, tournaments events it's an unbridled success if they can keep all 10 of the tournament rigs on stage right running flawlessly the whole tournament that would be insane there's always you know like you know, tech problems and things like that. So multiply that by 10 and it, it just, it seems like just a, a quagmire that you, you can't, you can't stage event after event after event like that. And so what, what I think this is, is like, okay, well, if we reduce the map by, by 75%, we could also, you know, reduce the number of teams involved in, in an, ex, in, in a, an engagement like this down to eight teams of four or something like that, right? Yeah, something something a little more manageable. I think you go. I think you go more. I think you go like twelve teams of four tops. And I think mm. that would be enough on a small map like that because you're going to be dropping as a team, or you're going to have some sort of tactic already. I think if you decrease the size of the team, you limit your number of strategies. You have to pretty much drop as a, as a group of three. That's still forty eight dudes. I mean, I think it's still manageable than more like a hundred, like, but these are all different games with different sort of values that go into them too. Like PUBG is very much a gunplay thing. Whereas, you know, Fortnite, you can build shit and you can, you know, you can have a pad and you can go back up into the air and sort of redrop into places. And, uh, it's all sort of goofy and cartoony. It's very much like uh, TF2. But there's there's skill involved in that too. Like I I watched some guys play Fortnite. I, I've played a little Fortnite. I think I've played a couple few hours. 
Um, it doesn't really grip me. Playing it a little bit, you get a feel for what it would take to get skilled in it. And I just don't have the time or inclination to try to get skilled in it. Because well, I mean, like, for me, for me, it's different. I have to have a machine that's capable of playing these games oh, at 60 yeah. FPS at you know above 1080p too. I mean, like that's an investment of itself. But the building aspect of it is really cool, and the skill involved in like utilizing that mechanic, both as a as an offensive tool set, not just like okay, I'm out in the middle of nowhere or I'm in this kind of concealed area. There's nobody around me bothering me. I'm gonna build this this thing that's one thing the other, you know it's an entirely different thing to be in the middle of a fight and be switching back and forth between your build tools and your and, and your weapon and be and be like running a fight while you're building shit in front of you um and just some, some of the things that these guys can like be firing off shots be landing shots be building stuff be move, constantly on the move you're out in the middle you're just like up in the air like 100 feet up and you're in your you're building these things as you're fighting it's a high tempo game it makes for very entertaining solo streamer kind of experiences sure i'm actually less confident that that game has a hard enough edge on it to be a really robust platform for high level competition consider where all these games came from too right basically the battle royale genre of games came from DayZ, and DayZ was a permadeath sort of game where if you you drop into this coastal area and uh you survive for a little while against some you know zombies and stuff you find some cool guns and uh you just keep playing and you keep surviving that's that was the the concept behind the game originally and now all of these games are sort of arcadified, like that core tenet of survival mm. that adds a lot of strategy to it because before it was just, you know, in day Z, you could run around with a group of people and, you know, you could run around with a bunch of rifles. And if you're lucky, you'll find a rifle if you drop into day Z, like right off the bat. But most of the time, you're going to end up with super improvised shit that's not effective at, you know, any sort of sustained combat. But that's getting super in the weeds there's more of a chance to start from scratch in Fortnite and and you know h1z1 in these games there's more of a chance at the beginning than you than you ever have in the original hardcore sort of like progenitor of the genre and stuff that's something that could be you know expanded on i think if you if you look at it in the competitive sense that there should be more information that everyone knows or there should be more known information i think uh or some sort of table that should be not that to say that the random loot is bad, but I think like as a spectator, I, I said this on Twitter a few a, a few weeks ago, and some people from ESL were like, "Hey, that's a good idea," in privately yeah. on Twitter feed. But um, I was like, "We should be able to know where the circles are going to be before the round starts. We should be able to know where the cool items are going to drop at and when. We should be able to know where the great items start ahead of time. Like if there's a full set of level three armor in one place." we should be able to put a camera on that and watch and see if someone picks it up and then follow that player and see how they do. You know, mm. there's a bunch of things that should be going on that we should know as a spectator that I think would lend a lot more yeah. value to a round of a competitive game that we don't know compared to other games like Counter-Strike. You know how much money a team has going in so you know what the potential is for weapons for them to buy. Based on their history, you know that 
well, there's probably going to be three rifles in an op somewhere around this map, and they're probably going to be set up here, so uh, let's do this. The circle dynamics, especially in PUBG, is one of those things that it's always a gamble, and it always dramatically alters your your experience for that game, depending on, like, okay, where, where where's that initial circle going to gr- drop? What's, you know, what's the center of that circle? Teams that drop and get lucky get like basically blessed by the circle have the luxury of in some cases you know like three to five extra minutes to just like loot or take engagements and then if they win those engagements pick up that team's stuff whereas if you drop outside and you have to make your way in even is you know especially by vehicle if, if you're having to traverse like half the map that's a significant disadvantage um but, you know, in a competitive setting, there have to be, you know, even more modifications to that. Because if you knew, like, where the circle, where the circles are going to tighten down to, um, I think there's such an advantage in getting to those spots ahead of time and just being able to sit and wait for people to come upon you. I think that's where a smaller, I mean, as far as competitors knowing information like that ahead of time, I oh, think that... From a spectator point of view? Yeah, from a spectator point of view is mainly what I'm going for. Like, I want the spectator to be fucking informed. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. I, I mean, hear you. As, as a competitor, I think there's some things that could be standardized based on each game, right? Like, and then there are some things that are. Like, in Fortnite, trees give X resources, right? Trees give X resources per swipe. And I think, you know, and they get and dropped ammo gives X amount of ammo per pickup and stuff like that. Or it's based on whatever that person had to carry. I think with, as far as the circle goes, all the, all the time frames for all of the circles are known ahead of time. You know that circle's going to start at this time. You have X amount of time for the first circle. And it changes based on the next, the following circles, you know, the next levels of circles and how big that circle is going to be. You know how big it's going to be. You know how long that circle is going to last and you know the rate of decay on when the circle moves in from one stage to the next Mm -hmm. but i think you could also do a lot more with uh like limiting where the circle can be i think you can limit it to like the middle of like if you think of the area of a circle like it could be in this donut the center of the circle could be in this donut somewhere I think if you standardize where the core of the circle could be in the next phase, and I think that would be a lot more information that could lead to a lot more informed decisions on tactics, what what teams can take in the competitive scene. And there's more statistics there that you can gather too. Like if the circle is, you know, in this area, where's the next one? Or what buildings are in this area ahead of time? You can sort of pre-plan what your game plan is going to be too. Thought that's rattling around with me is that it's in conjunction with that smaller map. This only really makes sense with a smaller map, but in a in a competitive standpoint, it would almost be more interesting if there was always kind of like a general area towards the center where the where the circle is going to end. In the middle of the map, there's kind of like the final battle zone, <laughs> right? Where right. basically every match is going to end. The caveat is. There are almost two circles, and up until a certain point in the match, you can't enter that central area. So everybody oh. has to stay on the in the perimeter, like in this in basically a donut. So it's not like you can just like you can you can start you start the match and you drop in and you can just like kind of drop in on the center. And if 
you know, if you manage to come out on top in a bunch of scrappy fights, then you're you're so fucking OP that then anybody else that didn't do that now has to come in on you with presumably pretty good loot. Hmm. Um or or maybe there's just no loot in the center, so that it doesn't even make sense to go there to start anyway, right? That like all the loot's on the outside, like some something that that explicitly enforces or kind of just implicitly enforces teams to drop out and then eventually have to come in whether it's scarcity of resources or something at like at like a second a second force field that says no well like if you if you come inside you're just going to take damage basically like as if you were yeah. outside the circle maybe that and then maybe instead of these like waves of circles you just have a, a circle that just all just constantly rolls in and then at a certain point, if you have that kind of like central, that central buffer, then that goes away after a certain, after, after it squeezes down to a certain extent. And then everybody who's left can enter this, enter the central area where the circle is just going to keep squeezing and squeezing and squeezing. And maybe like the final, the final, final point where it, where it finally squeezes down, maybe it's in a different part of this central area every time so that it's not just so predictable that there's just like a pole in the center where you know the the final fight is always going to happen but yeah there can be some randomness there but that that would kind of set up this kind of like predictable flow to the matches it would set up kind of a a beginning yeah like an opening and a middle you know a mid game and like an end game it would take away some of that randomness of like okay well we drop over here and oh we got circle fucks so we're out of the tournament a solution like that would solve a lot of variants that have to go on because at at this point if you keep everything like super random the only real like test of who is the best or if you're trying to find a champion or something like that is to play a bunch of matches yeah right and these matches take a while these games take you know upwards of 40 minutes to an hour being you could obviously force the pace you could increase the pace of everything and make everything faster so we can set up into like nice 30 or 40 minute blocks and you know what those are going to be and you can program around those as far as you know having a nice broadcast i mean at some point there would be too much information right like if you restricted the middle area or if you took out the items in the middle area i think you'd have to make that switch pretty quick from when your middle area opens up to where the rest of the map shuts off I think that has to be like within one stage of the circle. Mm. Maybe like two circle levels in, the the fourth level is, um, you know, marked for the fourth level is going to open up next, right? And then the third, the the second level closes in around the third circle, and then it opens up right when that right right when that thing stops. I yeah. think you got to make it pretty quick. I think it also. I think it helps with variance by forcing teams to travel more. Teams that just end up in the middle of the circle, for instance, that stops happening, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You f- you force teams to take more combat risks. Yeah, everybody's got to move. Exactly. Everyone has to move in that situation. And that's ultimately what the risk is in moving around is, are you going to be seen? Is someone going to try to fight you while you're moving from cover to cover or from sort of this vantage point? Um, or to try to find a vantage point or something like that. That's the ultimate risk in these games is what is the risk of staying here and looting or holding this position against, well, if I just try to make it to the next city or something like that, or if I can make it into the 
the forest and camp this road, perhaps, or camp a big city that you know everyone drops in that's still in the zone. I mean, there's so many different tactical sort of solutions for those problems that, I mean, I guess it really doesn't solve the variance with the total randomness, but I... It does still force combat, and I think that's something that needs to happen. And I mean, obviously, the circle is meant to do that in the first place, right? Otherwise, it would just be Daisy, and everyone would live on the map for hours at the end. The enforced pacing, I mean, it has a place, but I think you can obviously, like you said, you can modify it to you know a lot of different ends. And the experimentation with that, I think, is going to be something that happens this year. And I, I don't know if one of the games are going to do it. I mean, it sounds like Fortnite would probably have the most chance to come up with something stupid, outlandish, and dumb. H1Z1 came out of early access, and what did they do? They added a mode where everyone sits in a car and shoots out of it, right? (laughs) That's something that PUBG would love to be able to do, I imagine, is get everyone in vehicles and have everyone be able to shoot out of them, including the driver, right? <laughs> because drive-bys are the spice of life. Yeah, right? like the vehicle physics are, are perhaps one of the worst parts of PUBG. The, I mean, the vehicle physics, I mean, the whole physics in H1Z1 is laughable because you can jump like what? The equivalent sure. of like six or seven feet in the air if you if you if you jump right or something like that, right? Like that game is weird and... Because it has, you know, it's had several different corporate parents and they have different priorities, but it's still sort of the basis for all the other games that came after it, like, you know, H1Z1 and the skins thing. Uh, It's become a big part of, you know, people that just sit in, that just play game after game after game in PUBG and they just farm the tokens for participating. The Mm -hmm. AFK problem that's happened in PUBG because tokens turn into item or tokens turn into drops and drops have a random chance of, you know, giving you a dress that sells for five hundred dollars on the on the Steam marketplace, right? Sure. Uh, you know, Fortnite doesn't quite have that, but Fortnite has the other has the other great problem of a bunch of great designers that design some outlandish shit that people will buy. Because what else screams you got styled on by you know meleeing someone to death with uh, uh with a pickaxe that's styled after a unicorn? <laughs> And the other thing is the technology behind these games. It's super complicated. You know, Battlefield was a great game because it started, you know, showing promise of huge player counts in the servers. And these games, you know, they're dynamically sort of, the servers are dynamically set up for all these people. They're all matchmaked, you know, supposedly they're all, you know, uh, ma- you know, dynamically matchmade into... <laughs> you know, based on traffic or whatever server they're connected to. So that has to, you know, so many people connecting to the server cluster and stuff like that. I imagine that's the case. If that's not the case, then I'll be surprised. There's a lot of behind the scenes things that I also have to improve because, you know, a hundred people on a server, it it can get kind of crazy and they have to have some super optimized shit because there are some games that try it. Like I play a game that's totally unrelated. I play a game called Squad. And that's, they still are promising 50 v 50 combat sometime this year. And they've been promising that for about two years now. Yeah, right? on the source engine, right? Like, yeah. Well, okay. it's, I mean, it's not on the source engine. It's on Unreal 4. They even, oh, really? okay. I mean, that's, yeah, it's on Unreal 4. Mm-hmm. So they've built this whole thing from scratch. And Squad's a great game. Go buy it. What I will say about Fortnite and esports is that the growth there and the interest there. Like we we kind of just saw the tipping point of it like about a week or so ago. 
I remember like a, a couple of people that own teams on Twitter being like, I have a pile of kids who want me to sponsor them for Fortnite in my inbox right now. What's happening? Or like, <laughs> like where where is this coming from? What's going on? Though it seems like, you know, what's going on there is is mostly organic that basically the game is is has reached a critical mass more or less on the back of the game itself and that it is legible to a particular extent you know it's it, it i think it just kind of kind of comes down to which publisher is going to find that that secret sauce the great competitive format within their game like what restrictions can they put in there what 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 walls do they put up to make it more of an esport and and kind of who figures that out first? Because <laughs> I I really think there's only one winner in this genre is when it comes down to esports. If if there is one, there's not going to be PUBG esports and Fortnite esports, and they both be sustainable. Like it's going to be one or the other. If I were a betting man, I'd probably put my money down on on PUBG. I just I think that. Fortnite's just a little too cartoony for <laughs> for kind of high stakes, uh, hard edge competition. The gun mechanics to me just feel a little mishy mashy, just a little, just a little squishy, just squishy enough where it's like it's super satisfying to just like roll up in a game and and own some kids and like you know. But uh, I don't know as as a as a hardcore competitive platform, I have less confidence in it than than I do in like PUBG, like that team with with what they have figuring out the you know the format that really works you know you know what would throw a real wrench in all of this is if somehow by the grace of god that bobby kotick uh, slides over to his development team over at treyarch and says hey look guys we have this black ops 4 game that we haven't quite announced but we have announced and we've given out caps to people with the with the logo on it and stuff and this nfl guy wore it and that's fine but I want you to make it a battle royale multiplayer mode now. Well, you know what that would be. Uh, let me guess. Uh, that'd be esports as fuck. <laughs>